At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome to it, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to start up another edition of Rush Hour, as always presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can follow along on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 for myself and at VEASAN Live for VEASAN, the sports betting network. And if you didn't know, well, per usual, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois, with plenty to cover on tonight's show. We've got a lot of baseball plays to discuss. I've got a couple that I'll get into momentarily at the top of the show, but then later on, we're going to be joined by former Major League Baseball pitcher and current VEASAN host, Josh Towers. So, mark it down. 45 minutes from now, Josh will be joining us, talking about his favorite plays on the diamond tonight. And in between my baseball bets and Josh's baseball bets, we're going to be talking plenty of football. 15 from now, we'll move on to the AFC West. We've been going division by division, team by team, and tonight we'll take an overall glance at the division odds throughout the AFC West, but focus in on the Kansas City Chiefs, their odds to make the postseason, their win total, how I would approach it, and some other unique bets you can do with Kansas City. So that will be in 15, and then 30 from now, we'll keep it in football. We'll go collegiately, though. Bill Bender of Sporting News going to be covering the Big Ten with us, giving us his full season preview specific teams east and west division and just the whole thing right who does he think is going to come out on top of the big 10 i know everybody's saying ohio state hey maybe bill has some different thoughts we'll pick his brain about that in 30 minutes but let's go ahead and start things off i know i said i'll get into the baseball action but there was some news throughout the nfl that i briefly wanted to hit on and it's the biggest news of the day and 
Though it may not move the needle as of this point in his career, it's still a sizable transaction. And that is Julio, uh, Julio Jones, pardon me, Julio Jones, signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, again, maybe not moving the needle because he's, well, in his twilight years as at this point, but still another weapon added to the wide receiving core of the Tampa Bay Bucks, who already have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They got Scotty Miller, the speedy guy out of uh, Barrington here in our home state. And you got Russell Gage also being kind of a lethal factor from time to time. You know you lose Antonio Brown from last season and no Rob Gronkowski right now. But look, uh, Julio Jones, no matter what kind of production he's bringing to the table, just honestly having him out there on the field still can be impactful because you know what threats he can have. Maybe not consistently, but time to time. I mean, he only played 10 games last year with Tennessee, racked up 31 catches, 434 yards and one touchdown. But maybe now that you have uh, a little bit better quarterback in Tom Brady, better play calling, better talent around you, that can open up more opportunities for Julio. So a solid acquisition, I would say, for the Bucs. They only get better, it seems. And you got to think Jones is going to help in some capacity, even though it may not be as sizable as it would have been years before. Still could be nice for this Tampa Bay team that is well, slotted as the favorite to win the division minus 305 right now. And their win total at 11.5, overs plus 110, unders minus 134. But does that do enough to push them as a Super Bowl contending team? Let's be honest, they already were. It can only help them as at this point, you would figure. But that was the biggest news out of the gridiron. Let's move to the diamond now. A couple of plays I got for you in baseball. Let's start with the White Sox, who begin a brief series out in the Rocky Mountains, taking on the Colorado Rockies. They got Michael Kopech taking the bump tonight against Herman Marquez. And look, Marquez has uh, been an unstable pitcher up to this point. He's 6-7 and seven with a 5.47 ERA. He's got a FIP of 487, a skill interactive ERA of 430, and a high whip of 144. And what's even higher is his home run to fly ball ratio that's concerning 18%. Now, pitching at Coors Field doesn't benefit anybody more often than not, right? Uh, and especially that has been the case for Marquez, who's got a 663 ERA at Coors, a WOBA of 390, and a FIP of 532 on his home field. It's been disastrous for him up to this point. So you're looking at that. You've pretty much seen it all year and known that he's not a guy you typically want to back, especially the Rockies overall who have been struggling. They have been good in specific situations at home against lefties, but tonight they're facing a righty, Michael Kopech. Now, Kopech has a record of three and six this year. Not great. His ERA is fine, 336, but then when you look at those underlying analytics and just stats that we always consider, this is where you don't really know whether you can put some money into Kopech or not. Although his ERA is 336, you look at his FIP, and that's at 450. Then you look at his Sierra, and it's at 489. Plus, he's walking over four and a half guys per nine innings. He's got a good whip of 118, but... Man, I mean, some of those numbers are absolutely alarming for Kopech, and you've seen the volatility out of him. His last couple of starts, he's only allowed two earned runs in each of them, but sometimes he really just doesn't make it easy. But what these numbers are telling you is that, yeah, even though his ERA is 336, it shouldn't have been as limited as it appeared to be, and we can expect maybe even worse outings out of Kopech. And honestly, at Coors Field, he could be slated for one. Now, he has been a little bit better on the road for whatever reason. It's just been the case. But at the end of the day, even though Kopech's numbers with the FIP and Sierra are absolutely alarming, Marquez is in the same boat. 
right? And he obviously understands pitching at Coors Field. And Kopech, I get it. Like, he knows what the dimensions are and how tough that can be, even though he hasn't pitched there. But maybe because of that, that can help him a little bit. He hasn't known to go there in the back of his mind, man, and been like, man, I, I just got crushed at Coors. I can't pitch there. It's always tough. No, right? I mean, it's going to be a brand new ground for him. And he is a better pitcher, in my opinion, than Marquez. And I think you're going to at least get a slight advantage because of that tonight. And yeah, the Rockies, they can hit righties okay overall this season. It's nothing to write home about, but certainly they get a boost at Coors Field, where against righties, they have an OPS of 781. They got a BABIP of 321, a WOBA of 340, and for whatever reason, their weighted runs created plus is down to 92. So they're kind of all over the place against righties, but again, they're going to hit them better at Coors Field. But overall, they do hit lefties better than they do righties. Now, what we've complained about with the White Sox for the past few seasons is their inability to hit right-handed pitching. Overall this year, they got an OPS of 675 and a WRC plus of 93. But if you've been paying attention to the White Sox this past month, something's changed in their ability to face right-handed pitching. It's increased a lot. So the past month first righties, the White Sox have an OPS of 743, a BABIP of 318, a weighted on base average of 325, and then their weighted runs created plus goes up to 112. So something is switched with them, and that's good because they absolutely need it. And they could get even more of a benefit by going to Coors against a righty who's been struggling in Marquez. All right? Terrible at home. The White Sox bats hopefully can get to him. And another benefit to the White Sox team here is that their bullpen has taken some small strides to improve it. Their ERA has now come down to 405. Their whip is 131. Colorado's bullpen, nothing, nothing good. 466 ERA and a whip of 139. I like the White Sox in this spot because I do think even though Kopech could be due for a tough spot himself, he's still got better bats with the White Sox. You got a competing team that is desperate to get the winnable games on their side, even at Coors Field where the Rockies can be tough. And just, I think it lines up to them having the advantage in a lot of these spots. Bullpen, like we just mentioned. Hitters having more familiarity with the other pitcher. Abreu in a few at-bats. He's two for three against Marquez. Anderson has a home run off of him. Pollock's done well against him. All of those guys will be in the lineup. Seldom are you going to get the White Sox this short of a price against the Rockies. So I'm going to go with the White Sox here. I laid minus 110 on the money line. Right now at Bet Rivers, they're about minus 114. Absolutely think that's still a good price with the White Sox tonight. If you agree with me and think they have those what may seem like small advantages, but enough to make them worth a play. So my first of the night is going to be the White Sox on the money line minus 110. The other play is also going to be a money line bet. And this is going to take us out to Seattle with the Mariners and the Rangers. So the Mariners beat the Rangers last night 4-3. to three, And it was comical because in the outfield, he had pretty much all second basemen out there. Rodriguez was absent for the Mariners. Same with Jesse Winker. And both should be back tonight. So that's huge for the Mariners. And then they just got a boost in their money line price naturally because of that. But I was handicapping it with the expectation that they would be implemented in the lineup. I snagged the Mariners at about minus 145. They opened up minus 154. So you actually saw some movement initially go toward the side of Texas. But now with the news that both of those guys will be in the lineup, at Bet Rivers, Seattle's now up to minus 162. And despite that, they were still able to get the win against the Rangers last night. But that doesn't really matter. We're focused on tonight. And tonight, the Mariners, I believe, have the advantage because they're facing Dane Dunning, who has not been a good pitcher. He's 1-6, 442 ERA, 
431 FIP. He's got a 415 Sierra and a whip over 1.40. And his numbers on the road, not good either. 552 ERA and a 461 FIP. He has faced the Mariners twice. They lost both games, 4-2 and 4-3 respectively. So it's not like he's been getting clobbered, but it just hasn't gone his way. And the Rangers, oddly enough, have ended up losing the last 10 games that he has started. I know it's not all his fault, but that's just insane to see. Uh, you get George Kirby taking the bump for the Mariners. Now he's getting called back up from AAA, so he's got to make a good impression in this start. He's 2-3 and three this year in the majors with a 378 ERA. 414 FIP and a 347 Sierra. So there are some promising numbers or at least maybe more reliable numbers on the side of Kirby. And furthermore, he just got a more consistent offense in Seattle that's got a 106 weighted runs created plus against righties. Where Texas in that category, they have a 93 WRC plus. So I thought minus 145 with Seattle, assuming they would get those two guys back in the lineup knowing that the Rangers just aren't that great of a team. The bullpen's better with Seattle. The bats are better. I thought that was a solid price to jump in on. So I laid the minus 145. At minus 162, it's a little more difficult to want to get involved with that. I understand it. So if you still do like Seattle, you don't want to lay the buck 62, you could go with the run line here, plus 135. Some decent value if you think the Mariners can take care of business against the Rangers, which I certainly think they do. So that's our other money line play tonight. We are going with the Mariners minus the buck 45 on the money line and the hometown squad, the Chicago White Sox minus 110. Quick break here. We'll come back. I'll give you a preview of the AFC West. Some NFL action next here on Rush Hour. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. 
Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussions centered around your local teams, remember that Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, in Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So make sure you subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available. And you'll be set up with multiple episodes a week, along with great local sports betting content. All righty, welcome back to it. The show is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Appreciate you making some time being with us on this Tuesday evening. We kick things off updating you with the news throughout the NFL with Julio Jones signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, another top contending team throughout the NFL this upcoming season. But what about some other contending teams? They all seem to be in one division. That being the AFC West. This is going to be incredible to see who comes up on top throughout this division. I mean, even the Raiders, who are presumed to be at the bottom, man, they got some weapons. We were just talking with Brady Cannon last night about Derek Carr and him having value for NFL MVP. He's going to pad some stats. And, hey, maybe if he's able to sneak into the playoffs, maybe not win the division, but sneak into the playoffs, he could be worth a play or consideration. I don't know. There's a lot of fascinating things that could occur throughout this division. So that's our next one we're going to hit on with our preseason NFL preview. And the team we'll solely focus in on will be the Chiefs. But first, let's just tell you what these division odds are stacking up like at Bet Rivers. So the aforementioned Chiefs are the short shots, plus 170, to come out on top of the division. Then the Chargers come next at plus 225, a team that we took a flyer on the day after this previous Super Bowl at 25-1 to to win the next Super Bowl. Man, they're down to like, what, 17-1, to 15-1 to win the Super Bowl? Uh, the Broncos in the division come next, though, at plus 270. Russell Wilson in the mix. The Raiders then, plus 650. The Chiefs being at the top, look, it comes down to who's been dominating out of this division most recently and most consistently. Who has the team with the best quarterback? And, yeah, I know that Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, even though he hasn't statistically been as great 
previous, you know, however many years. And Justin Herbert's on the rise, and Derek Carr still doesn't get as much respect. But, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is the most accomplished quarterback in this division. Does it mean they're going to win this division? Does it mean that it's worth a play on the plus 170? I wouldn't be putting my money on the plus 170, and not only because of the schedule that's difficult, and we'll get to that in a second, but when you have a division this tough with so many possibilities of outcomes, why would you only want to take that short of value with the Chiefs at plus 170? I'm very high on the Chargers. I've made that abundantly clear. But even I'm not taking a flyer on the Chargers plus 225 to win the division. I don't think the Broncos are going to be the top team in the division. And I could see a reason for seeing value with the Raiders plus 650. But I understand why they're assumed to be the bottom team in the division. So what I'm getting to is that really anything could happen within this division. I'm not going to be betting anything with these prices right now. But I think the least of the bets that I would make would be the Chiefs to win it at just plus 170. But let's look more deeper into Kansas City, right? How about their odds to make the playoffs and their win total? Something else maybe we can jump into. Their odds to make the playoffs, the yes is minus 215, the no's plus 175. It's actually not as expensive of a yes price as you would think. Again, maybe because of how difficult their division may be. And their win total, we see at 10 in the hook, over, under, minus 110 each way at Bet Rivers. They're coming off a year where they had a record of 12 and 5. And now they're heading into this season without one of the best receivers in the league in Tyree Kill, now a member of the Miami Dolphins. So you lose Tyree Kill, you bring on Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling from the Packers. Uh, is that going to be enough to fill the void of Tyree Kill? Look, Juju's a good wide receiver. I think that's how you would classify him. Good, definitely not great. He was a lot of fun because he was a young guy, you know, making all his TikToks and having cool dances, all of that. But what, he's been injured and really hasn't had that great a season the past couple of years. That doesn't mean Mahomes can't make him into a great receiver or just pad his stats. And MVS, he's solid, he's serviceable, and he's still got Travis Kelsey. I get it. But Kelsey's getting older. you got to bank on him staying healthy and as agile as he's done so consistently well the past several years and really just his whole career. So in the draft, they did focus on their defense. That's what needs to improve as well. you got to get that dominant defense implemented. Not saying it can happen right away, but they should be better. But let's get into it with their schedule. With all of that being said, with the transactions and what to kind of expect on both sides of the ball, how is that going to stack up with their schedule? So like I always do, we categorize it into the winnable games, losable games, and then the 50-50 toss-up games. To begin with the winnable games, it begins immediately. Week one at Arizona. Look, it's the first week you have all summer to prepare. Kansas City probably going to be a better team than Arizona. And if you're Arizona for the first six weeks, you are missing your best receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, I don't really like that. I don't like the fact that Kyler Murray had all this offseason nonsense with, maybe not nonsense, but just the negotiations with the contract going on. I, I don't know. I could see them getting off to a bumpy start. But realistically, it's just Kansas City's a better team. It doesn't matter that this game is down in the desert. So that should be a winnable game for Kansas City. Week five. Now, you're going to get the Raiders twice. If there's a winnable game against the Raiders, assuming at worst you're going to split with them, you're probably going to have the advantageous spot be at Arrowhead Stadium. So week five versus Raiders, that should be a winnable spot for you. Week nine, you get Tennessee at home, and guess what? That's post-bye week. So more time to rest, more time to prepare, and you're just a better team than Tennessee as of this point, so that's a winnable game. Week 10, you get the Jags at home. Don't really need to say more than that. Uh, week 15, you're going down to Houston. We talked about the Texans yesterday. 
and we took their under four and a half, and that's because teams like Kansas City are going to beat them. Week 16 versus Seattle. Man, the Seahawks, uh, Geno Smith, Drew Locke, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, doubtful, but that's been discussed. It doesn't matter. Seattle, to me, is just going to have a tough year, and Kansas City will be better than them. Losable games. Now, there's not that many losable games. You could argue that there's none, because even in the games that are going to be the toughest, they're still technically 50-50. It could go either way, because that's how good Kansas City is. We know they're going to lose some games, though, and realistically, these are the most difficult ones, in my opinion. I would say week 11 at Los Angeles against the Chargers. I mean, you're probably going to split with the Chargers. You've have had difficulties with them in the past, and you'll probably have even more difficulties this year. So week 11 at Los Angeles against the Chargers. Then week 14, you're going to the Mile High City. Maybe you split with the Broncos as well. If there's a time where the Broncos will beat you, you got to think it'll be at home. So week 14 at Denver. Then we get into the toss-up games, the 50-50s. That could go either way. Week two versus Los Angeles, the Chargers being. Now, again, I think they probably do end up splitting, but would it shock me to see the Chargers beat them twice? Absolutely not. No chance. The Chargers are good enough to beat any team, in my opinion. Week three at Indianapolis. They probably end up winning that game, the Chiefs, but because it's earlier in the season and the Colts still do have weapons, a good head coach in Reich and a better quarterback in Matt Ryan, the Colts could be live as an underdog in that game. Week four at Tampa Bay. Now, I know a lot of people think Tampa Bay may have a slightly worse year. We just saw them pick up Julio Jones. And look, Kansas City can still absolutely beat them. So that's why it's a toss-up game. I would give the nod and assume Tampa Bay is going to be the favorite. But that's probably still considered a toss-up game. Realistically, Tampa Bay probably wins, though. Week six versus Buffalo. Yeah, you get the Bills at home, but we know that's going to be a revenge spot for the Bills. And Buffalo is a better team on paper as of this point. Week 7 at San Francisco, I think that's one Kansas City should win. I'm not the highest on Trey Lance, but you still got a great coach in Shanahan and good surrounding parts in that 49ers team. And maybe by Week 7, Trey Lance has some kind of rhythm figured out. Week 12, you get the Rams at home, but the Rams are still tough. And by Week 12, maybe they're kind of over that Super Bowl hangover that we're assuming is going to occur. Week 13, you got to go to Cincinnati against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. They killed you last year, right, in the regular season and in the playoffs. They embarrassed you. It's tough to go down to Cincinnati later in the season. Do you have that chip on your shoulder against the Bengals? Not sure I can rely on that that far into the season, so that's a 50-50 spot. Week 17 versus Denver. I, again, wouldn't be shocked if Denver beat you twice. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm not guaranteeing a win or a loss in either way, so that's why it's 50-50. And then Week 18 at Las Vegas. You could definitely beat the Raiders twice, but, again, Week 18s are always tricky because maybe you have your playoffs uh, position solidified and you may not need to start Patrick Mahomes and some of your other top guys so it's a very difficult schedule for Kansas City I'm not dead set on this projection but I would put them at about 11 and 6 which would have them over 10 and a half wins honestly I don't feel comfortable even saying that with that much confidence because of how difficult the schedule is because of losing Tyree Kill one of the most elusive receivers in the NFL I'm not that high in Juju MVS okay that's fine but it's no Tyree Kill that completely changes the game plan of a defense and Kelsey's getting older too I don't think that they're really like basically what I'm saying is the talent is there for them to get to 11 wins having Patrick Mahomes absolutely gives you the chance to do that but, man, I mean, they go through their phases where they just completely struggle. So, realistically, I would have them at about 10 to 11. 
I think I would be very shocked if they got to 12. And if they got to 9, that would probably catch me off guard a little bit too. But 10 to 11 seems right. Ultimately, probably won't do anything with the Chiefs. But I do think it's going to be a tough year with the division getting better and them losing one of the best weapons in Tyreek Hill. We'll talk more about this division tomorrow. Let's take a quick break here. Then coming back, we'll talk some college football in the Big Ten with Bill Bender. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN football betting guides are coming soon, and there is no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts are providing profiles of every single team, along with advanced stats and power ratings. Plus, you get best bets on season win totals division finishes and player awards so make sure to reserve your copy of the football betting guides today and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a decent all access subscription make this football season your best ever subscribe now at decent.com slash subscribe that's vsin.com slash subscribe well, speaking of college football, folks, why don't we spend a little time talking about some college football and specifically in our region because we're broadcasting live out of the Windy City. We'll look into the Big Ten and to help us do just that here on Rush Hour, we're going to welcome on Bill Bender, who does excellent work covering college football over at Sporting News. And you can follow him on Twitter at BillBender92. Bill, happy to have you on because when we're talking, that means we're either close or during the football season. And we are getting close. And I know you've been doing a lot of work with the conference realignments and just your overall previews and looking into the Big Ten you know maybe not as much parity on the East Division right I mean you got Ohio State as a favorite a lot of times they typically are but man they're a five dollar favorite minus 500 to come out of that division Penn State six to one Michigan's plus 650 then you get into the double digits with the other teams is there any team that could give Ohio State a run for their money, or do you think they deserve to be that big of a favorite this year? They've got so much offense coming back. I mean, when you have C.J. Stroud and Travion Henderson and Jackson Smith-Jigba, I mean, that's three All-Americans right there. Um, they're going to be really good on that side of the ball, and I think the, the general sentiment is that their defense is going to be better around Jim Knowles, who they paid a lot of money to come over from Oklahoma state for. So you're right. I mean, it's hard to say if anybody could run with them. I mean, Michigan to me, still the best bet, um, maybe Michigan state, but it's, it's a lot to climb. If you're going to beat the Buckeyes in 2022. Yeah, Michigan State at 16-1 to right now to come out on top of the division in the East. And then Michigan plus 650, who, of course, had their signature year finally under Harbaugh this past season. Their win total we're seeing at about 9 in the hook, over as a little bit of juice, minus 118. And the under 9.5 wins is minus 107. So knowing what we saw from Michigan last year, they're certainly going to have some turnover, losing some of their top guys. Is this just something we can now consistently expect out of Jim Harbaugh? Or will there be maybe some slight regression based on what we saw last season? I mean, on the defensive side, they're going to have to figure some things out. I mean, obviously, when you lose Aiden Hutchison and David Ojabo, that's two. And if Ojabo wouldn't have got hurt, he would have been a first-round pick, too. Um, that's tough. And and Daxton Hill on top of that. So they have some guys on that defense they got to replace. But I think the flip of it to me is the offense is going to be pretty good. The offense has uh, 
several big-time players. Um, you know, Donovan Edwards could be a breakout candidate. They've got to figure out the quarterback position. Receiver will be better. And I look, you look at their schedule, the first four games are at home. So, I mean, I like the Wolverines to get off to a fast start. And I think they'll be 10-1 and one at least when they get to Columbus at the end of the year. Okay, so you would look over nine and a half with Michigan as of that point. And then, you know, we talked about Penn State, and it's funny. So they have shorter odds, six to one, to come out on top of the Big Ten East. Yet their win total at Bet Rivers, uh, Bet Rivers is actually eight and a half. Under minus 121 is a slight favorite. Uh, what are you thinking for the Nittany Lions this season? I haven't spent a lot of time on Penn State, so I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. Well, I mean, you know, it's go time in terms of, okay, James Franklin's there. He's not flirting with other colleges. He's not trying to run up his salary, anything like that. And, you know, some people like them ahead of Michigan State in the East. I'm not there. I mean, I think Sean Clifford's going to have to come through. They've got some playmakers. Defense will have to be better. And it's just been a shaky two years since COVID for the Nittany Lions. I mean, they're barely 500. Um, and they've struggled in Big Ten play. So it is a telling year for Franklin, who they are committed to in the long term. All right, Bill, let's transition over to the Big Ten West. More parity in this division, it seems. You do have the Badgers as a short shot, plus 175. My alma mater, Nebraska, at plus 250, which it seems like nobody agrees with them being a top team. Uh, Minnesota, 4-1. to Iowa, 5-1. to Then Purdue, 7-1. to And then, you know, in Illinois, we can't bet on the in-state schools, but uh, Illinois and Northwestern presumed to be toward the bottom of the Big Ten West. So when you look at a team like Wisconsin, there's still some concerns in the quarterback position with Graham Mertz. You could probably expect them to have a good run game, a good defense, a good line. What are you envisioning to happen with Graham Mertz this year? Well, uh, you know, I think he's got to step up because they're going to have some pieces around him. I mean, Braylon Allen, you know, they, they've got a team that's capable of winning the Big Ten West, and, and I think that's huge. And you mentioned Nebraska. We Scott Frost was up there today, and, talking as you know and i'll tell you i mean all these one score losses have piled up on them and uh can they break through with mark whipple at offensive coordinator they are 0 and 14 against ranked teams under frost sorry to tell you that and, and 10 of those are one score losses so he's right when he says they can compete but you got to go out and finish some of these games you're absolutely right, and I and I think you make the biggest point there is bringing in Whipple, right? Someone else to call the play, so not all of the burden or whatever you want to call it is on Scott Frost, and he just seemed overwhelmed, and I think it'll be a good change of pace to get Adrian Martinez out of the mix. You know, he did everything that he could for this team, but now you'll get Casey Thompson from Texas. Uh, again, a new play caller in Whipple, and the desperation levels are at an all-time high for Scott Frost. And their schedule honestly sets up pretty nicely for him, Bill. Uh, if you look at their win total anywhere, it seems to range from 7.5 to as high as 8.5. But at Bet Rivers, you're right smack dab in the middle with the win total at 8. Overs plus 135, potentially some value. The under has the chalk minus 175. If you had to put a number on it, where do you think Nebraska ends up with their wins? And it's tough. I mean, they're going to be real close. I think they can get to seven. I think they can. I think, I mean, and this is, we're talking a big jump considering they were three and nine last year. And a lot of that hinges on the opener against Northwestern. I mean, you're going out of the country. You heard both sides talking about that today. It's a unique opportunity, obviously, but. You know, this is where it kind of got unhinged for the Huskers last year. You know, you had that early opener at Illinois, and it, and it got messy early, right? So, um, 
you know, that's going to be a hugely important game for them. Absolutely. Be, be very important for them to finally get a uh, early W under their belt as they head into the remaining parts of their schedule. And then uh, moving along here, Bill, I mean, Minnesota seems to me to be the big question mark team here. I know that they always seem to have some talent built around their team. They were kind of screwed with injuries last year. They're 4-1 to one to come out on top of the West. Uh, I don't know. There's some bad words you kind of heard about P.J. Fleck a little bit from some former players in the offseason. Seemed to get brushed under the rug. Uh, what do you think happens with the Gophers this year? I mean, they're going to have to be better. Um, they, they were beat up at the running back position. This is the team that you saw them push Ohio State early in the year. Um, but those injuries added up, and you know, PJ is not for everybody. I don't mind him. I think he's done a good job there. He's had them competitive. And the other key for them is Tanner Morgan. I mean, they've had him forever. He, he was, he's been a six year guy and, you know, that's a unique opportunity for him, but you know, they, they've got to get through some tough teams in the West. I don't know that they're better than Wisconsin. I don't think they're better than Iowa. And those are two tough games. And I, you know, the Nebraska Minnesota game is going to be big in a lot of ways. And, and of course, you know, Purdue's in there too. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. I mean, that Nebraska-Minnesota game, I think, will kind of be that telltale of which really which way both seasons for each team is going to go. And I think you can definitely make the case about Iowa being a little bit undervalued and maybe better than both of those teams because Iowa is always in it. They're always built deep in the trenches, typically have a solid defense, but they're concerned, much like Wisconsin, is the quarterback position with Peters, who a lot of people not too high on, and you could understand why. Uh, Iowa's win total is at 7.5. The over is plus 105. Under is minus 134. Would you put some money on Iowa expecting Peters to take that step forward, or are you kind of pessimistic in that regard? A little bit, but they're going to have good defense. Uh, they're going to have really good linebackers. Jack Campbell in the middle. Um, you know, a couple other impact players on that side of the ball, like Riley Moss, who's a preseason All-American for us at Sporting News. Um, the offense, I, you know, it, it, you and I have watched Big Ten football long enough to know they're not going to come out like five wide and start throwing at every play. They're going to, you know, be methodical with the running game and the involve the tight ends like Laporta, who's really good. Um, and, and they're tough at home. I mean, they've got a really good – you'll know where Iowa is when they play Michigan in week five. And, and I say that because Michigan's had a lot of trouble going to Iowa and winning over the years. And that's going to be that kind of big game for Kirk Ferentz early in the season where we'll know if they're a competitor or not. At BillBender92, where you can follow him on Twitter and catch more of his content over at Sporting News, where he is our national writer, all things college football. Bill, appreciate you making some time. Keep up the great work, and we'll look forward to chatting again soon. Hey, let's do it, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Take care. You got it. Always a pleasure. Bill Bender, folks, again, at Bill Bender 92 Going throughout the Big Ten, Ohio State is at the top of the list, and, hey, rightfully so. We'll see if it can be a close year. Cannot wait for it. But let's focus back in on the action tonight. More baseball. Josh Towers hops on his top plates. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is serving up big wins with their new weekly profit boost on all tennis wagers. If you visit BetRivers.com or if you download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app, Every Wednesday, you'll receive a 20% profit boost on any tennis wager. That's right. Log in every Wednesday and automatically receive a 20% profit boost. And now you can even live stream your favorite tennis players right from the BetRivers app. So go ahead and heat up your summer with the BetRivers Sportsbook app. It's a whole new ballgame. 
Okay, it is our final segment here on Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5, where you can follow along on Twitter. And remember, for VEASAN, the sports betting network at VEASAN Live on the tweets. Plenty of great content going around 24-7, every single sport. But the sport we're going to focus in on as we cap off this Tuesday edition is some more baseball action. So we got to bring in our guy, former MLB pitcher, current VEASAN host, Josh Towers. You can follow him on Twitter at no don't Josh. Josh, my man, always love having you on. Thanks for making some time tonight. Uh, we've got some good games to look forward to. And starting there in Philadelphia, it got a really good pitching matchup that I'm sure you'll have your eyes on. And it's Strider, the young rookie who has been just a stud this year for Atlanta. He's got the Braves minus 120 as a road favorite. Nola has his Phillies plus 104, short, uh, short total at 7.5. Did this game draw any betting interest from your side tonight? Yeah, it's always tough. What's up, Danny? How are you, by the way? Uh, it, it's always tough when you're talking about the Phillies because the Phillies are one of the most inconsistent, uh, one of the worst defensive, and just, like, untrustworthy teams. Like, uh, it, you know, you want, like, I root for them to do well, but the offense is, is so bad, and, and the Hoskins and, and Schwarber combo, it seems to be getting worse. I mean, Kyle's hitting like 200, uh, and you just can't trust it. And it's so hard, and they, they get swept by the Cubs and somehow pull off a miraculous Bryson Stott hits a three-run homer to win it, it, it against a break. Like, it, it's so – it's like flipping a coin, and you still are going to lose two-thirds of the time with this team. Um, but that said – Noah's coming off, obviously, a really good game. He's been going super deep. I mean, he hasn't gone under seven innings since June 1st, and he went six in that game. Like, this guy's been – he's been the workhorse. So, if there's anybody you can trust, it's him. Um, but then again, you got that offense that is it's scary. And the, and the thing about Strider is we know how good this young man's been, but he hasn't gone five innings in his last two starts. His last start at Washington, he got tattooed. We're starting to see – uh, the Gonsolins of the world and what McClanahan did at the All-Star game, and we haven't seen it in the game yet, but we're starting to see some of the young kids that were doing really well start to run into roadblocks as the season hits the second half, as it gets hot. When, when veterans learn to make adjustments to make sure that they're getting stronger as the season goes, we're starting to see the young kids fade. And so I don't know. I, I couldn't lay money on Strider today at all. Um, but I also have no faith in the Phillies. But I mean, if I had to bet this game, I would be on. I'd be on Nola, to be honest with you. And look, Josh, it seems like the betting market has the same sentiment here. I mean, you saw Atlanta open up as high as minus one thirty-five. You saw Philly about plus one fifteen at a lot of shops. Now we're seeing again Atlanta, like I alluded to. Now they're down to minus one twenty. Philly at plus 104, so it seems like there is some sharper action going on the side of Philadelphia because, again, they started off higher. Now they moved their way down. Nola's been phenomenal, and maybe you get kind of a, I don't know, just a wishy-washy type of start from Strider, a young guy now into the second half of the season. Will he be able to sustain it? Can the Phillies finally kind of get some consistency themselves and turn things around? Maybe that could be the angle to look at tonight. And uh, the run line, by the way, for Atlanta, minus 1.5 is plus 140. If you want to take the run and the hook with the Phillies, it's minus 167. Well, and as we know, hey, uh, that – yeah, go ahead, Josh. Berkey, real quick, with Strider, too, I mean, let's just go his last four, 11 Ks, 12 Ks, 8 Ks, 4 Ks. Like, the walks are going up three and two in yeah. his last two. The strikeouts are going down. He's starting to give up more hits. Um, 
So, he's like, listen, with these young kids, as great as they've been, we really have to pay attention to this betting-wise the second half of the season. 100%. And that's really a great note to pay attention to. You don't want to fall in to just keep backing the kid because at some point, and you right. can attest to it, of course, that he could kind of just fall back down or have a bad start every now and then. So, no, that's, that's really good info to kind of keep in mind when you're looking at a young guy like Strider. And, you know, Josh, uh, I'm glad we have you on tonight for this next game, too, because you got the Subway Series, you've got the Yankees and the Mets, and what you can also attest to is what this series means, right? And it's damn near a pick right now. I mean, minus 110 to the Yankees, the Mets minus 105. What does this series kind of mean to all the players? And then, of course, what's your thoughts on the game tonight? Uh, to the players, it's just fun because we're playing in our city, whether we're traveling at home. Um, and we don't have to, the cool part is that when you travel, you don't have to leave the comfort of, of wherever you're living. So it's, it's kind of neat. You can, you know, take the subway or whatever you want to do. It's, it's, it's a fun series for the players. The rivalry is because we're in New York and the fans are 100% divided on you're either a Mets fan or you're not, you're a Yankees fan. And so it's cool in that regard. The atmosphere is going to be electric from a fan's perspective. It's awesome because it's your city and you always chose a side. So like, again, it's not like a, a Boston rivalry with the Yankees or something like that, but the excitement level there for the players, the fans are going to make this obviously so much more fun. And then your TV coverage is, is always more. There's more cameras around. So, again, from a player's perspective, it's great. From a betting perspective, it, it's tough. Um, Montgomery's been great, and he just doesn't get the run support. And, and, and that's always a big deal. And when you look at – uh, Tyon Walker, he's always been great, but we've always seen this kid fade at some point and not really be able to finish the season. He hasn't got to that point yet. He's still pitching good. Uh, I didn't like the way the Mets looked in the series versus the Padres. I thought they got crazy lucky on one bad pitch by Clevenger. Not Clevenger. Um, the other kid, I forgot, with the Padres and Blake. And uh, one pitch that Alonzo got, he had a three-run homer, and that changed the game. But um, they really didn't play well the entire series, nor that game. And so going into a series with the Yankees, it makes me a little bit nervous with the Mets. I, I like the Yankees in this game. Okay. Well, hey, Josh, I got to ask you also about the team in our neck of the woods, the Chicago White Sox. Very interesting game tonight at Coors Field. You know the difficulties of playing there and how that affects the betting markets. And you got Kopech taking the bump for Chicago, who, look, he can have great starts, but his underlying statistics are kind of telling you he could be due for regression. And then you got Marquez, who himself has not been that, uh, that much of a viable person to bet at home this year. I kind of see this as maybe a better opportunity to take a cheaper price on the White Sox minus 114. You're getting a high total of 11 naturally, but uh, what do you think the right angle to take in this game is? Yeah, I hear you on that. Uh, German usually is much better at home, and he has mixed in a couple of good games, but overall it's been – he hasn't been as good. His last game was nice, though. So pitching to the seventh, um, two runs. The game before that on the road, seven innings and two runs, and then – a respectful game versus the Dodgers at home, six innings and four runs. So he's pitching better, which means his confidence is starting to climb. I know his last two games against Arizona, Pittsburgh, not the best competition, but it's still something to build on. And when you look at Kopech, they don't let Kopech go past five. I mean, I've seen him go six, maybe twice uh, in the last, you know, 10, 12 starts, whatever it's been. Uh, he's he, he just, he's not getting enough done and he walks the world four walks, three walks, four walks, his last three with the strikeouts being minimal five, four and two as well. So Kopech is not the guy that's dominating. He's not striking you out. 
And with that recipe of, of a lot of walks, not very many strikeouts asking for contact at Coors Field, I, I just it doesn't look like it's going to be a good day for Kopech. And we've seen inconsistencies with this White Sox team. Um, I don't know what the Rockies lineup looks like today, but I like the Rockies in this game. Yeah, Rockies even money, and you're right. Kopech in about 4.6 walks per nine innings. Definitely Ooh. been an issue. And also, like you mentioned, his longevity in these games. So we'll see how he can do his first outing at Coors. But a very important game for the White Sox. Good games all around. And, Josh, we appreciate you helping us handicap some of them. Unfortunately, we're up against it. But thanks again for making some time, my man. Always love it. Always love it, too, man. Appreciate you. Take care. You got it. Josh Towers, folks. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at No Don't Josh. Amazing content. Former MLB pitcher. He correlates that with betting. What else could you ask for? Love talking to our guy, Josh. Well, that is going to do it for another edition of Rush Hour here on VEASAN. Thank you for tuning in on this Tuesday evening. In case you missed it earlier in the show, we did have a couple plays. And, look, I completely get what Josh is saying. And at the end of the day, no, I'm not going to be shocked if the White Sox lose this game because – well, they've lost a lot of games that they probably shouldn't lose and just games in general. But I'm kind of banking on having a little bit more faith in Kopech, but more importantly, just putting some trust in this White Sox power-filled offense to keep hitting against righties in a hitter's ballpark. So I'm going with the cheaper price on the White Sox. I laid minus 110, putting some faith in the hometown team. And then the other bet that we had tonight went with the Seattle Mariners. Got them at about minus 145. Now with Rodriguez and Winker back in the lineup, it shot up to about minus 162. If you don't want to lay that much, consider the run line. But those are the plays that I'm rocking with tonight. Best of luck with whatever you are playing. We'll be back same time, same place, manata. Until then, once again, best of luck with your plays. Take care, folks. Meet Gary. Hi. For years, Gary's felt an overwhelming desire to be a pro goalie. Let's see how that's going. Gary, you can play to win with BetRivers.com, featuring award-winning customer service in the excitement of more service, in the excitement of more service, in the excitement of more service. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
If you haven't heard, it's a good idea to fit probiotics into your daily routine. Fortunately, Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls make that so easy. These adorable little pearls couldn't be easier to take, and they support both digestive and vaginal health, all because of the probiotics. There are actually 1 billion active cultures protecting against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort, all in one tiny little pearl. To learn more about Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls and how they can fit into your routine, visit naturesway.com.